The following is a Cryptocurrency Wire audio production. Cryptocurrency Wire is one of 50 plus trusted brands from the Investor Brand Network, IBN. As a multifaceted financial news and publishing company, Investor Brand Network uses its network of more than 5,000 key distribution outlets, as well as other corporate communication tools, to introduce public and private companies to a wide audience of investors, consumers, journalists, and the general public. Our reputation for highly efficient communication strategies is based on the experience and relationships our team has in the space. It is Investor Brand Network's unwavering commitment to connect the investment community with companies that have great potential and a strong dedication to building shareholder value. The following interview may feature a client partner of Investor Brand Network. Investor Brand Network may have been compensated for the production of this interview. Please be sure to read our entire disclaimer for full disclosure. Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a really special treat for you today, and I'm so glad that I get to be your host, Jonathan Kime, Communications Director, to introduce Andy Fleury to you, what he has to say about cryptos and trading. So, Andy, how are you doing today? Thank you. Doing very well. How are you? Oh, fantastic. It's been a great week so far. Looking forward to the rest of it. So, my style is to go straight into the questions, so let's go ahead and get started with the first one. What are the challenges with using crypto exchanges for trading? Sure, uh, very happy uh, to, to talk about that. Um, you know, I come from a traditional uh, trading background. I was a manager at a hedge fund uh, for many years, traded uh, derivatives and equities and, and FX. Um, and then with our company, AlgoTrader, uh, we got into uh, cryptos in uh, 2017, so just uh, at the beginning of the the, the crypto hype, and uh, you know, for us, we were uh, used to connecting with banks and brokers all through standard interfaces, uh, typically through uh, through fix. So for us at the beginning, um, connecting to crypto exchanges was quite a challenge. Um, because there is no common standard, you know, every exchange has a different, uh, different API, um, different, different standards. Uh, so that was, that was challenging and that still is challenging. And even, even um, you know, today there are over uh, 350 uh, crypto exchanges around the globe, new one uh, pop up every day and, and really only you know, the top 10 uh, large uh, fiat crypto exchanges are capturing, uh, you know, the larger part of the uh, the trading volume. And that's really what we focus on. And I think that's, that's also uh, what most other uh, people's um, focus on. Now, when you come from a traditional uh, trading space, um, the challenging part is, or the big difference is, that you have to deposit your assets at the exchange uh, before you can trade. And that's not the case in the traditional uh, trading space, right? You typically work with a broker, uh, you have your assets uh, with the broker and you trade many exchanges around the globe with one account. And in the crypto space, you have to, to manage your assets. You have to move your assets uh, from one exchange uh, to the other. Now, with 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 cryptos, uh, that's easy, right? You you do a, a blockchain transfer uh, that takes anywhere from a few you know seconds, minutes, depending on the blockchain, to you know up to 
an hour uh, in times of network uh, congestions. Um, so the crypto part is easy, but the, 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 the fiat part is, is a nightmare. I mean, any of you that have transferred, um, you know, let's say US dollar from your, your, your bank account to an exchange through the SWIFT network, uh, that can take days that, uh, you know, if, if, if not longer. Uh, and during that time, you don't have access uh, to, your, uh, to your funds for, for, for trading. So that's the, that's the big challenge. Um, and, uh, you know, there are some initiatives uh, to improve on that. Um, some vendors are now working on uh, off-exchange settlement basically where uh, you keep your funds uh, within uh, custody, you know, let's say at the Fireblocks or at Copper, and you can basically transfer your funds uh, within the custody network uh, to the exchange, a trade, then move it back um, all, all instantly. So there is, you know, something uh, on the horizon, um, but, you know, we're, 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 there is still a lot left um, to do, and especially, uh, for for retail traders, um, it's it's still a very uh, cumbersome uh, process. You know, if you trade at any of the uh, larger exchanges like like Binance and and Bitfinex and Bitstamp, you have to get used to uh, to the, the user interface, right? They all look a little different. They all have their their uh, peculiarities. So so really, it's 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 quite time consuming. Uh, to trade um, cryptos um, today. And then obviously there is the, uh, the fundamentals, right? I mean, uh, trading uh, Bitcoin and, and Ether uh, is, is easy, but there, there are so many other tokens and, and so, uh, so much um, you know, uh, fake news uh, on those, you know, pump and dump um, schemes. So it's 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 uh, you know easy to to get lost and and um, you know make your bets on on the wrong coin. So so getting access to relevant information um, that's that's still tricky today. For sure. And as a cryptocurrency trader myself, I just accept all of those things. So what are the alternatives? Well, so um, happy to elaborate on that. So uh, trading uh, crypto exchanges, that, that's obviously what, what most uh, private individuals do, but, but there are uh, definitely alternatives. If you are a, a larger uh, trader, if you're an institutional trader or, or a crypto fund or something like that, then um, you, know, you would, you would um, probably trade through a, a broker. Um, that has a lot of um, advantages because you basically uh, trade uh, multiple exchanges uh, through that um, single uh, broker. That broker um, will also make sure that if you place uh, an order that you're actually getting the best uh, price, and it's called a smart order router. So the, the broker will take your order and, and send it uh, to the exchange that has the best um, market um, conditions. Uh, these brokers also do a lot of um, other um, services like uh, borrowing and lending, um, for example, um, staking. So it's like, um, you know, um, a boutique um, service that that provide more than than just uh, the trading. So brokers is is, is one option. Uh, the other one, there, there is one more option, but not really applicable for for private individuals. Uh, it's it's market makers and OTC desks. They're kind of similar um, to 
uh, brokers. Um, they provide, um, you know, large orders, um, block orders. So if you want to, you know, for example, place uh, an order for, um, you know, $50 million worth of Bitcoin, you wouldn't go to an exchange, right? Uh, the, the, the slippage and price impact would be uh, too huge. So you would go to an OTC desk or a market maker and, and they will work through your order and give you a, give you a good price on that. Um, so you got your, your, your uh, brokers and, and market makers. And then, um, you know, the, the last option, and I think that's, that's a really interesting one, um, is DeFi and, and liquidity pools, right? And, and, uh, and that's that's a new topic um, that has only really, you know, gained um, popularity um, this year with uh, with uh, Uniswap and uh, and SushiSwap, um, and I think that's a that's a new and and very um, elegant way um, for private people uh, to to trade uh, cryptos without having uh, to trust um, central uh, exchanges. Yeah, let's dive into that topic just a little bit more. Most of our audiences are familiar with trading stocks and they might have bought some Bitcoin or Litecoin uh, through an app like Coinbase. Uh, it makes it fairly easy. But as far as getting into the trading side, this is just really, really fascinating. I'd just like to know a little bit more about the DeFi aspect. Uh, we've talked about liquidity pools and decentralized exchanges just a little bit off camera before we started. So let's dive into some of those topics. We'd love to hear anything that our listeners should know. Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, if, if you are familiar with, with trading and how exchanges uh, work, um, you know, for, for decades, um, exchanges have been using uh, order books. You know, different variations, but but in essence, um, you know, it, it all works the same. You have a huge order book where orders come in and then they, they match against each other. And if they match, uh, you get filled on, on your order. So for, for decades, this this was it. There was nothing else. And, and you know, here, here comes DeFi. And, you know, um, someone, I don't actually know who it is, um, came up with an idea on how to approach this from a different angle. So... With, with DeFi and specifically with those liquidity pools, that there, there are no uh, order books. So basically um, how it works is that people um, invest um, into the liquidity pools and they deposit uh, reserves. Um, and, and there is you know, one, one uh, pair of reserves for, for each traded pair. So uh, you know, for example, um, Ethereum um, and, and, and Tether. So people can deposit uh, reserves for Ethereum Tether. And then um, when, when, when trading happens, they actually um, get paid um, a fee. So it's actually quite, quite um, you know, an interesting um, investment opportunity to, to deposit uh, into a liquidity pool. Now, the advantage of this is, um, you know, with order, order books are very sensitive to, to latency. I bet um, a lot of people have heard of terms like uh, front running. And this is, this is something um, order books are very uh, sensitive to. Now, with liquidity pools, um, that, that doesn't happen. There is no front running. Um, latency is not that big uh, of an issue. It's not really possible uh, to, to get in front uh, of somebody else's trade. Um, so it's, it's, it's a nice and elegant um, way of, uh, of approaching uh, trading. And the, the other big advantage is um, you can do this um, from your, your wallet, right? You have 
your your uh, MetaMask installed, um, ideally with a, with a, a ledger, a Nano, or or a Trezor for for security, and then you trade uh, the liquidity pool directly from your wallet. So you're not you know trusting a centralized um, exchange. It all happens uh, through through smart contracts. Um, in an atomic operation, and that means you know either either your order goes through successfully, um, or it does not at all. But it you know it doesn't doesn't get stuck um, anywhere um, in in the middle. So this has gained um, you know traditional um, um, or incremental uh, momentum. I think right now over uh, 1.3 billion are are uh, locked into DeFi into those liquidity. Um, pools. Um, so it's definitely um, gaining uh, momentum. I think we're still at an early phase. I, I expect uh, quite a bit more innovation uh, to happen, probably new variations of liquidity pools. Um, so a lot, lot uh, is definitely going to happen. One thing that, that uh, people uh, need to know is that, you know, right now, uh, liquidity pools only really uh, work for anything that's uh, Ethereum based. So either uh, Ethereum against an ERC20 token or uh, one ERC20 token against another one, but not for Bitcoin and, and also definitely not for, for fiat. So if you want to buy Bitcoin against the US dollar, you know, DeFi is not, um, is not, uh, not for you. For sure. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of regulations we see with stable coins and other ways of representing the U.S. dollar to get around some of these challenges of melding the old world with the new world. What are some things that our traders and, and investor audiences listening today should know about crypto derivatives? Yes, that is another uh, interesting um, topic. Uh, same as liquidity pools, crypto uh, derivatives have gained a lot of uh, momentum, uh, especially in 2020. Um, that usually is a sign that the market is maturing, uh, that more institutional investors are coming in, especially uh, hedge funds and, and asset managers and, uh, and, and banks. Um, so why, why is that so? Um, let me maybe elaborate on how a hedge fund works. You know, a typical hedge fund trades many, many different markets, you know, equities, um, bonds, fixed income, and now uh, also cryptos. So um, for, for a hedge fund, um, it's usually easiest um, to use futures because futures, you know, around the globe, they, they, they always um, work uh, in the same, same fashion. So for a hedge fund, it's very convenient um, to use um, futures. Um, also, very often, you know, a large institutional investors uh, will use options um, to hedge his um, portfolio. And an option is like a, like an insurance, um, and and that's probably the main reason why uh, derivatives have um, gained so much uh, so much traction um, this year. What's uh, what you need to know in um, trade, trading derivatives, I mean, those are leveraged products, meaning that um, you know you can you can actually lose your money much quicker than with any um, you know spot um, spot crypto. The other um, aspect, and I think it's it's a really important one, is if you open um, let's say a futures position at let's say 
uh, BitMEX. That position is locked into BitMEX. You cannot take it out. Um, and so if you want to, if you want to move it, you know, that future position, you basically got to close it at BitMEX, um, you know, sell it and then open, you know, transfer, uh, your, your, your assets and then open it again. So essentially there is a big counterparty risk. You're again, trusting the exchange. You know, if you're, if you're buying Bitcoin against the dollar, you can transfer dollar into the exchange, buy Bitcoin, and then move the Bitcoin out again. But with derivatives, that's, that's not the case. As long as you have your open position, you're, locked, you're, you know, you're, you're bound um, to, the, uh, to the exchange where you opened um, your, your position. Got it. Wow. This is so much. Uh, I do have one more question, and then I'd like to get into your business and what your platform does. So going back to just traditional finance banks, what's the bank's role regarding digital assets, whether it's cryptocurrencies or other forms of digital tokens? Yeah, very happy uh, to elaborate on that. Um, you know, as I mentioned, um, our um, company, we, we got into cryptos uh, over three years ago. And um, what we do is, is we help um, institutional players like hedge funds, like banks, uh, to operate their, their trading operation. Now, what's, what's interesting is, and there, there's a bit of a difference between the US and Europe. Uh, here in Central Europe, um, Switzerland and Germany, um, digital assets have gained a lot of popularity amongst banks. Uh, here in Switzerland, um, we actually have the first two pure uh, crypto banks um, since last summer. Um, in the meantime, Quite a few other uh, banks have launched, um, you know, some crypto-related offering, and I think um, this makes a lot of sense. You know, what what has a bank um, always done? You know, a bank has always um, provide, you know, been been safekeeping assets for for clients. That's that's what they have been doing uh, for for you know, <laughs> hundreds of years. And, you know, today, I think a lot of people, a lot of younger people uh, do have cryptos already. They, they have it somewhere on an exchange or, or a USB stick, and that's not safe. You know, there, there have been so many hacks of exchanges, and I think it's very natural uh, for a bank uh, to offer safekeeping of those assets, um, you know, for, for the people that already, uh, already hold them. Um, you know, we're very uh, pleased to hear that um, also in the U.S., you know, the OCC now allowed um, for banks to offer um, to offer cryptos and, and Kraken, actually the first um, crypto exchange to receive a banking license. That's that's awesome. Big news. Right. Uh, we, we weren't expecting that. You know, we, we were expecting, you know, one of big Wall Street banks, you know, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs to receive the first license. But no, you know, it's a it's a crypto exchange that got the first license. So we're really um, excited um, about that. So I think, um, you know, in the next few years, um, crypto is be going to become mainstream amongst um, banks. You know, one day, I believe, um, you know, most of the banks will accept uh, cryptos, but not just that, you know, I think the big um, topic is digital assets, right? A few years from now, every type of asset uh, will be tokenized, you know, company shares, real estate, art, 
And you'll be able to trade that through your uh, bank account and potentially your, also your, your smartphone, your, your social media account. So, you know, value uh, will be um, having value, investing, transferring value will be much more integrated uh, into our daily lives uh, than they are today. Yeah, we, we can clearly see that future coming now. I've been to so many different cryptocurrency conferences the last two years. It all started as um, we were going down from the mountain of 20,000. Of course, we're climbing back up again. And everybody there would be talking about it. But you'd never hear anything like this in traditional media. Now, with all the different news alerts we have set up, I'm hearing about it almost on a daily basis. So exciting times for sure ahead. Um, how does your platform tie in for our listeners today outside of, you know, your institutional clients? Um, well, most of it is focused on institutional clients. Uh, we do have a few uh, retail clients, but usually with, with larger accounts, typically above um, 1 million. Um, it was just a strategic decision that we took a few years ago to focus on the institutional side because it's, it's kind of difficult to um, capture both, you know, the retail sector with, with um, you know, limited feature scope, uh, user-friendly uh, interfaces, and the, you know, the, the, uh, the requirements for, for hedge funds and banks are very, very um, different. So we, we, you know, kind of decided to focus on, on the institutional side. Excellent. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that, you know, those listening that might be interested in, in using the more robotic trading software and other features that you offer, um, they know if it's right for them. But either way, the information provided today in, in such a short amount of time is just um, really extraordinary. We're so glad that you took some time to join us. Thanks so much. We'll definitely be getting this out to many of our different audiences, as well as through our syndication partners to get as much reach as possible. Uh, we definitely want to do that favor for you and your organization. And of course, we only hear good things about what you're doing. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and sign off and uh, wish you a great day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. This audio interview is an original broadcast provided by Cryptocurrency Wire. Cryptocurrency Wire, CCW, is a crypto wire news and content distribution syndicate that provides access to a syndicate of wire services via InvestorWire to reach all target markets, industries, and demographics in the most effective manner possible. Cryptocurrency Wire is another brand under the Investor Brand Network. Investor Brand Network may receive payments for corporate communication relations, as well as various press releases and social media solutions provided to its clients. You should assume that officers and directors of Investor Brand Network or financial analysts mentioned hold a position in and may intend to trade the securities for their own accounts. This interview is not an offer or recommendation to buy or sell securities. Information in this broadcast is presented solely for informative purposes and is not intended to be, or should it be construed, as investment advice. As in all investments, investment in the featured company carries an investment risk. Listeners should review the company thoroughly with the registered investment advisor or registered stockbroker. This audio interview by Investor Brand Network is not purport to be a complete study of the featured company or other companies mentioned. Information used and statements of fact have been obtained from featured company and other sources, but not verified nor guaranteed by Investor Brand Network 
as to completeness and accuracy. Such information is subject to change without notice. Please see our full disclaimers and disclosures at InvestorBrandNetwork.com.